Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Art Fight Podcast. It's Thursday. It's the 30th of July. The month is almost over. I'm here with Brian Siskind. We're here in beautiful Nashville. It's a Sunday day today. You know, Brian, many times on the Art Fight Podcast, we talk about putting the fight, putting art in fighting. How an athlete, a combat athlete might put art in their fighting. But today we're talking to the man, maybe more than any other, who puts fighting in art, Chris Reaney. Thank you for coming back to the show. Your second episode yeah. with us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's really nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. So our listeners might remember Chris from his last episode with us. Chris is uh, uh, an artist who does uh, uh, essentially like uh, uh, comic strip style MMA cartoons for Bloody Elbow. And uh, you also have a new book project we want to talk about. We want to talk about quarantine life in New York. We want to talk about clam sauce. We have a lot to, a lot of ground to cover in the next hour, Chris. Excellent. Excellent. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> well, what's been going on with you since the last time we talked? We, we've been kind of getting into a little bit of this while we're um, sitting here. But uh, I guess really quick, just to get it out of the way, I mean, it's, uh, it'd be fun if we never talked about quarantine or we never talked about COVID, but it, it's kind of the elephant in the room in our lives still to this day. So tell us a little bit about the fact, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, right there in the middle of New York. I mean, probably the the craziest place to be during this time, you know, in our, in America, um, how have you guys been holding up? Well, it was, it was, um, it was rough. It was, it was a really rough time. I was terrifying for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's like, um, can you tell me, can you tell me where you're at there? I'm in Jackson Heights. Okay. Uh, I live like a 10 minute walk from Elmhurst hospital. You know, okay. Yeah. The epicenter of the epicenter. Wow. Uh, my my favorite cafe in the neighborhood is one block away from Elmhurst Hospital, and mm -hmm. you know, um, the guy who runs it, he and I are friendly, and you know, he he did a beautiful food drive, and he donated a ton of stuff to there, and uh, you know, I go there and I chat with him once a week, and get his I you know I like hearing his opinion. He's got like a very uh, you know on the front lines kind of a uh, perspective on things uh, you know I, I have two kids they're four and five having them in the skin i got skin in the game yeah you know on, a, on another level uh, but one thing that has happened that changed since the last time i talked to you is uh we sold our our apartment and bought a new one it's in the same co-op complex but it is three bedrooms two bathrooms oh yeah and good lord I could not. I could not feel luckier that we have uh, my wife. Uh, her office, you know, they're all teleworking, and she works from home. And we have this extra room; she can just Great. have an office. Uh, we have a little more space, and we moved to the not the ground floor, but the first floor. Uh -huh. We have like a lobby, and then yeah. we live on the first floor. And my kids are home, and they are just smashing through the place and i don't have to worry about my downstairs neighbors which is right. like, you know the eternal new york yeah. uh inconvenience quintessential yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and i you know i talk to other people in my building and you know they're like oh yeah it's rough you know my, my neighbor's pretty upset you know and i'm like because we're trapped we're trapped together we're, yeah. we're living mm -hmm. together it's, and you know i can't i can't pick my friends i can't right. see you for a long time i couldn't see them and I've become friendly with other families that live in my complex. Right. And, you know, now that the the worst of it has come and gone, we all see each other in the courtyard and we feel okay with our kids playing together every day. Mm, that, yeah. So, look, it's scary. It has been scary. I've, I've seen people on the street who are dying. You know, mm. I, I, I have one, one memory that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take with me forever of uh, these guys helping their friend into a car and like looking at him and being like, oh, okay, 
you know, there was a time in April, especially where you could tell that people were just like hunkering down and they were sick and they were just trying to get better until they couldn't. Yeah. And then they would be like, okay, going to the hospital. That's, just, that's the and thing about I'm New dying. York. That's the thing about New York too, is like you, you can't, everybody's going to have a common experience whether they want to or not just because of proximity and density. And, right. you know, so you kind of right. get this, uh, unbelievable perspective there that, you know, like yeah. cause down here in Nashville, everything's pretty, even in the denser areas, it's still, it's not people living on top of each other on top of each other and all right. that. And yeah. so it's, it's the no, opposite it's, sort of dystopian weird nightmare here in the sense that like you just, you go out and, you know, I've got people call me like, what's it like there? I'm like, people are walking around like it's fine, man. Like basically that's what's going on. So oh, uh, it's, it's, no, it's a we, weird thing. During the, the worst of it, you know, some, sometimes you just got to get out and we'd take the kids for a walk. And it's like, I remember it being like a Sunday at like 6 p.m. And there's nobody outside. Wow. Drunks and dirt bags and like maybe like 20 something year old guys like smoking a blunt on the street. Like that's it. It's like every store is closed. Everything is, and it's just unreal to yeah. see this, like a neighborhood that. I, and I live in a particularly dense and bustling part of the city, and to see it shut down like that it was really jaw dropping. Pretty real, but you know what? I think we're all kind of also as creative types uh, a little bit purpose built for this. Um, I, I think <laughs> uh, I think that we're some people that are perhaps by our creative endeavors also a little bit more predisposed to the idea of uncertainty or um, discomfort uh, <laughs> uh, you know, or whatever. I'm not saying like we're immune to, you know, uh, witnessing horror and, and, uh, and not feeling awful. Right. And being devastated by it. But I guess I'm just saying uh, we're not immune, but I do think that like, you know, there's something about uh, a little bit of chaos that, for some reason, whether, you know, it's a snowstorm and it kind of shuts things down or whatever it is, I get a little bit of peace out of just sort of mass interruptions. But at the same time, yes. uh, in this context and with the ramifications and impacts on humanity of this proportion of a, a problem, uh, it's it's hard to, you know, get uh, all wintertime snugly about it. Right. It's the worst yeah, thing that's ever yeah. happened in our lives. I, I do. I like that about extreme weather, how it neutralizes people's um uh, personal proclivities like once mm. the heat is over 95 everyone on the street is just like yep i'm hot you're hot there's like this bonding uh that happens and especially like after a heavy snow uh i like taking a walk and you kind of like you see people out on the street like yeah you know what's up right <laughs> and this is not it you know um i spent many many hours like on a long line for a grocery store it's like a block two blocks long you spend like 45 minutes waiting online and you get in the store and you don't feel better. You feel like, Oh God, I just gotta fucking get in and get out and do this <laughs> shit, you know? And yeah. it's, it's great for, for a long time. I was the only one that left the house. My wife and kids, they stayed home and, mm -hmm. you know, go to the courtyard and you take walk around the block, but that's it. You know? Right. Well, so, but now we're coming out of it a little bit, right on your side, at least here we're in the thick of it, but now you yeah. can, that's great. Your kids can kind of start playing around with other kids and, yeah. A little bit of that tension being uh, released must be awesome. So, uh, yeah. without, the, without you know further ado, though, I oh, really yeah, yeah. want to—I really want to get into though right away something a little topical. And Joe, I haven't even privyed you to this; you may not even be aware of it. I'm ready. But uh, I'm ready. Bring it on. I just want to turn. The, <laughs> I'm going to do a really harsh turn here. But so Chris, uh, you know, gets uh, in trouble on Twitter, and we just wanted to have—we <laughs> just wanted to have an intervention here and just say, look, man, like you know. No, I'm just kidding. But you did have a little dust up and I thought it was particularly interesting only in uh, and I'm not I don't really care about the sort of the drama of it or whatever. But I, I do, must have missed this. But I do think it's Is this about the clam sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish. I wish that'd be a great I'd go, to, I'd, I'd go to the mattresses for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll spare you, Chris, unless you really feel like you want to talk about it. But I'll just make it. No, uh, oh, no, no. Yeah. It's easier to hear someone else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, uh, Chris made a commentary in and around something that Ariel Hawani had said about uh, art that had been sort of submitted, animated sort of art, comic type art for his, I guess he's using it for his, one of his shows or podcasts or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's an artist that, you know, he was kind of shouting out this artist, but at the same time, it's sort of like, but, you know, Chris was sort of uh, in, in, in certain terms saying, 
uh, is this person getting paid or what? <laughs> you know, oh, uh, okay. or like what's Good going on? Like what? And it was really just an argument about, or just raising the hand of just sort of the. Uh, yeah, and is I'm, this for I'm, exposure? I'm, right, right, exactly, right. So, but I know there's more layers to this. I know there's more layers to this, Chris, and you don't need to get into it. But ultimately, what I think was great about it, whether we get into it or not, is that uh, I love the fact that you paralleled sort of your advocacy for fighter pay uh, to be not any different than your advocacy for artist pay. And there's just there's something inherently to that that makes uh, it's you know I don't I don't know if that makes us like sort of socialist on soapboxes in the 1920s you know in new york city no like, man it, but you, you know, know workers rights or whatever man but i mean fuck exposure that's 100 percent right there's a there's this old uh like what is a heavy metal band called anvil yeah, yeah you know i think there's a documentary about them yeah. and they, they made a really good observation once about like it's better to own a hundred percent of the rights to your work and sell 20,000 copies than it is to not own any of the rights to your work and sell a million records, you know? And I, I, I don't think, I think that the lesson from that is that you are inherently valuable. If you create something and people want it, you have value and no one has a right to your, to your creation. Mm -hmm. And I think that, the most insidious part of the for exposure perspective uh-huh. is that, you know, someone doesn't have to pay for your stuff. Yeah. Some like that's what that's at the core of it. They're basically saying your stuff is so good. It deserves, you deserve to get paid for it by someone else, but not me, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I'm not referencing this specific uh, dust-up I had yesterday. I'm saying this is a universal thing. This is uh, I've been approached many times with this exact yeah. uh, thing. There's a wonderful Twitter account called For Exposure, mm. which and there are oh, people really? actually. You know who? I, yeah, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. That's great. You know who else is knows quite a bit about this? Is the uh, the video game developer John Jones. <laughs> that's great he he knows quite a bit about this and the real john jones <laughs> the real john jones yeah 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 totally um so, and this is probably just one of those moments where a part of my personal career overlapped with my mma media career and you know i'm not gonna back down on that I don't want to call out the artist. I don't really feel like calling out Ariel is is too sensitive. Uh, it's it's you know what it is. It's I shouldn't make him a stand-in for every corporation that does this, and that's the area where I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't want to drag someone. You know, I want the the idea that like an artist. Yeah should get paid for their work by a corporation mm. and you know if you if you google the value of espn the number you get is 50 billion so that means even if it's uh off by a factor of 10 then a five billion dollar company should be paying people for the things that it uses to broadcast to generate money that's You're it so right and, and that's, you think that's about all it. it comes down to and yeah. I'm not, you know, I, somebody actually on Twitter right before I got on here was like, yo man, why are you backing down? And it's like, no, I, I believe this. I don't care how many people feel like you got paid in the end. It could lead to something more. This is not, it's a principle. Is, thing. No, no, man, you have a job, mm. you have a craft, you have a skill. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's sad to say, but it's like, you know that Joker meme, you know, from the, you know, if you're good at something, never do it for free. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I have a, a, a music video I'm, I'm having made as a, yeah, as a gift for guys I used to play music with. That's cool. And, and this person offered to do it for free. And I was like, I can't. I, I, cannot, I cannot let you do that. And I was like, if you won't accept money, then I, let me send you some artwork. But I, I cannot... And it's funny that like he and I had this interaction like a week ago. 
before this thing. Yeah. And I, it feels good in my to myself that I was like, you know, given the opportunity to receive services for free, I I said no, you know. Uh, yeah. So you know, I I'll ask you. You can you can prompt however whatever direction you'd like to take it. <laughs> I was just gonna say that I feel like I feel like the. You know, the argument is always like, well, you know, if this was something for Ariel's show or whatever, it's like, well, my show reaches all these people. Therefore, you know, you're going to get seen by all these people. And that's why you should give me your artwork. To me, it's exactly the opposite. It's like, if this is going to be seen by that many people, that's even more money that you should be paying me. (laughs) You know what I mean? If If I painted you a sign for your yard sale, that would be, that would be, you know. $40 $40 right. or whatever, you right, know, right, right. it's going to be exactly. a hell of a beautiful sign, by the way, exactly. but do you, you want me to make a logo or do some kind of a screenshot for your, your, your right. MMA show that hundreds of thousands of people are logging into? Now, you now know? to be fair, to be fair, I, they, they, you know, the artists piped up, you know, mm. and that's another reason, like, I don't want to name people and I don't want to make mm. it about them specifically because, you know. That was it was the artist's idea to approach mm. him to do this. And I'm like, all right, man, cool. Do yeah. it. Do it. That's your thing. I don't um I think it's an unhealthy dynamic. And I think in the micro version, in the micro view, it makes perfect sense. Mm. The guy was like, I got an idea. I'm gonna approach Ariel, I'm gonna give him artwork, we're gonna develop a relationship, it's gonna grow. And it did. The only problem is that on a macro level, it sends the wrong message to developing young and and emerging artists yeah. that what you need to do to get ahead is to donate money to a billion dollar corporation. Donate your services. Yeah. And this is it's not about those guys. Mm-hmm. It's about the message it sends to people who are struggling. The mm. message, you know, it's almost like when you see, like, uh, you know, the saying, the exception, the exception proves the rule. Mm-hmm. You can't tell everyone to work for free because it's going to work out because it's only going to work out for a portion of them. Right. And if everybody looks out for themselves, if everyone says I'm valued, I have a skill, I have a craft and I'm a business person. I think one of the tragedies of our society is the idea that if you enjoy what you do, you deserve less money. The more <laughs> yeah, you suffer, the true. more money you deserve. And I think that's one of the tragedies of our you know, social structure at the moment. Yeah. Because there are so many people who, who understandably have very difficult, have talent, challenging jobs, have jobs they don't want. And the idea that someone else enjoys what they do, it's like... And they make more money than me. It's like, it's it's soul killing to mm. to exist in that sort of dynamic. And there's this idea that if you make a lot of money, you better be happy. Yeah, and, mm. and like that's an unhealthy. When the society also rewards people that do the things that are, we, we, it's less work that makes it into the universe because ultimately people take jobs where it is lucrative, even though it's you know some uh, sort of pushing paper kind of thing or not creating work of art or, or creativity, then that's going to actually stifle things that, that will never even be not cultivated, but it won't even happen in the first place because the culture is steered in a particular way. But I mean, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we're not in a Medici kind of situation anymore, but, uh, but Joe's pretty good at writing grants. I don't don't know about that. I don't know about that. Are you good at writing grants? I've I've had some luck with grants. I've had some luck with grants. Go ahead. Oh no! I was like, I always wanted to do a piece, do do something about how MMA is the uh, physical embodiment of postmodernism, you know? <laughs> like, the, the, like the literal mashing of like styles and genres and time periods. Like uh-huh. it's like postmodernism played out like yeah. through the human body, like almost yeah. like performance art. Yeah, with repercussions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah with with uh, with uh, unconscious submissions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I was going to say it's interesting that you that you you know uh, I I've got in the back of my mind an idea of uh, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day that you know it's not something I would really want to do on Zoom or anything, but I was thinking about the idea that 
I've got a couple of grants that are in the works right now, actually. And I, and I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm like, if I win this one grant, then I'm, then at that point I'll have enough of a track record for my own, for my own belief in myself and my own sort of sense of what my, you know, bona fides are that I, I feel like maybe at that point, if we could do it in person, I would do like a, you know, grant writing one Oh one kind of workshop or something oh, yeah. like that, which yeah. I think would be cool. And I would, at that point I would feel like I, I really do know something about this and I really could, you know, share that knowledge with people, you know, uh, in some kind of a workshop setting. But I've thought about this before because you see all sorts of workshops about freelance writing and stuff. And I don't, I do a ton of writing uh-huh. and, uh, and uh, the other day, I got an email from one of the newsletters that I'm on, and it was uh, basically like, "Hey, our like you know foundational freelance writing course is going to be open to anybody who signs up for it on Thursday. You know, if you've never taken it before, you might want to check it out." And I thought, you know what? I've never, you know, I I I assumed correctly that a lot of what they would be talking about would be stuff that I learned the hard way, you know, back in 2007, but. But I thought, you know, there'll still maybe be things I can learn. And there were. And I was really glad I took the time to, like, just watch this video, essentially. Um, uh, And one of the things I learned was this, which I thought was interesting. I always thought to myself, if I was going to teach a class about freelance writing, what would I say to people just trying to begin? What would I say to them about working for free? Because there's this devil in the details when you're starting something like this. I'm sure it's the same for illustrators as well. But there's this idea where it's like, if I don't have some kind of writing to show you, why would you hire me to write for you kind of thing? You know what I mean? And so therefore, many writers, including myself, found ways to get writing done uh, that didn't involve getting paid at first. You know, I did it in a couple of ways that I still felt good about, like where I wrote stuff for like online zines and things like that, where it was like, well, nobody gets paid to write this zine. We're all doing it because we love this music and you're going to get a free record or uh, you're going to get to talk to this author or whatever it might be. And, and so, so in some way I didn't feel like I was being like exploited, you know, by somebody who had billions of dollars and wasn't paying me, you know what I mean? But um, but I wondered what they were going to do. And I was very happy. He got to a certain point in his little presentation, and he said, this brings us to the idea of writing for free. And I was just like, aha. And I was like, what's he going to say? Like, I, could, I was so excited when he got to that point. And then he thought he was thinking that he had to address that, and he did address it. And, and I was even more excited when he said, don't do it. Don't write for free. And then he gave you all the, you know, like, four or five different ideas about why you don't need to, why, you know, the reason why you think you have to isn't real. If you still feel like you've got to come up with some kind of a portfolio just to get started, you know, then there's other ways to do it besides selling your labor for nothing, you know, and stuff. So it's, it's been something that's, I mean, if you're in the creative world at all, it's always on our minds, you know, cause it, cause it constantly comes up. You know, I, 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 it was only a few weeks ago, I think that something came up and I was on Twitter you like, you know, oh, you know, the, the quickest way to end this email chain is just to ask somebody like, what's your budget? <laughs> then yeah, the, course, guess what? Course. You'll never hear from them again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know uh, I would strongly recommend if there's any uh, creative person or freelancer listening, there's a famous YouTube video called Fuck You, Pay Me. <laughs> you have to watch it. You have to. I watched it, you know, late, too late into my career. And it's like I made so many of the the mistakes this guy talks about. When I worked for Vice, I made those mistakes. I got mm-hmm. you know, and I have myself to blame mm-hmm. for not educating myself, you know, yeah. and being too happy to get mm-hmm. an opportunity, being too happy to mm-hmm. being appreciative of the opportunity and the eyeballs that I got. That doesn't mean I am absolved of. The, the the obligation to be a business person because the fact is yeah. I'm working for a business That's you know right. you know the I you know I went to art school and I didn't have to take a business course at all sure I thought a kid was banging on the door <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of monster practicing his elbows yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway so That's yeah I would say man. yeah Fuck you, pay me. I, I yeah, was actually thinking about rewatching good. it. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's, it's a, it's a it gets schooled in 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. 
That's think, great. There's there's a really good if any if there's any budding sci- science fiction writers out there, there's a great YouTube video called "Fuck Me Ray Bradbury," but that's a different subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that there's something about the power of manifestation that people just need to understand. It's it's a real thing. On you know, I'm not trying to be all hippy dippy weird about it, but you know, anybody's been alive Ryan's long enough to kind of generally see that if you think yeah. these ways. This is what kind of comes from that, you know, and so yeah. in the Conor McGregor agrees in the right in the crudest <laughs> uh, in the crudest sense, it is sort of like what you make it, and and ultimately um, these things come to you. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this with Robin Black uh, last week a little bit, you know, just sort of this idea that you kind of have to uh, in the earlier stages of what you're doing, maybe even almost delude yourself and just suck at it for a while, but still assign value to it and and keep pressing and don't worry about why you're not winning you know or having all the success just make more shit make better shit and and yeah. let that be your 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 discipline and your response and and the stuff will it'll, it'll just happen i mean things will happen in whatever way they may not happen as much as you like or in the avenues you like but going back to the uh the tale of the great band uh real or not uh anvil uh that's, yeah that's, yeah right i mean that's a that's a real that's a real wisdom you know and i think that um also uh, even if you are in the position of, you know, oh, great, they're going to pay me there. That opens up a whole other set of considerations, because how many times have you been in a situation where you're like, oh, you know, people are like, oh, no. I, and I really want to make this worth your while. You know, we really love what you do. And then can I they, uh, and then they come up interject? with what they're going to pay you. Nice, <laughs> and it's like, nice. oh, my God, I'd rather you, you know, not pay me. I, I'll tell you a story like I had a I. My agreement, the agreements that I made with Vice were all over the phone. And I, my, uh, my editor, Josh Rosenblatt, that dude is fantastic. We have he, him. We've had him on. He friend is, of the uh, show. Friend of the show, Josh Rosenblatt. He helped me make this book that I'm publishing. He wrote, he wrote most of it. Yeah. You know? Um, so cool. You guys are working together. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I love him. I loved working with him. You know, but he's not Vice. He's not Gavin McInnes or whoever else was running it at the time. And it's like, you know, he and I had a fantastic working relationship. Right. But then when he got fired, you know, I had a new editor and we had nothing. And I had nothing on paper. And that mm. I fucked myself. So I left. Had a couple kids. I finally, you know, kind of got got a... Took a little break. Took a little break. Let's put it that way. And I came back, and I started. You know, you know what we were saying about publishing, uh, publishing for free. You know, one way or the other for anyone. I just published. I just started doing the cartoon, and I published it myself. That's and awesome. I tagged every editor and every writer that I knew, and within three weeks, I got hired with Vox. You know, over a bloody elbow. And I was, I was, I'm not going to say I was a dick, but I was super upfront about everything that I wanted. I was like, I want to own the rights to my artwork. I want to be able to produce merchandise on, based on anything that I make. And I want to be able to link from my articles to web stores of anything that I own. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm willing to work for a, what I would consider a modest sum of money. But I need to own. I need all these things, mm-hmm. and they said yes. And here's the thing about this, and this this very much relates back to the the confrontation I had yesterday. When you tell somebody, I'm I'm valuable, they're gonna treat you like you're valuable. Mm-hmm. And when you tell someone, I'll you know I'll work for free, and then we'll see where it goes from there. You know, you've already, you've, you've shown your belly, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I got burned pretty hard. I wouldn't even say pretty hard. I just, I just made a lot of amateur mistakes so that the second time around, I was like, nah, man, I, I want to work with you, but you gotta, you gotta meet me halfway. And they said, yes. And I gotta say, I, I have a great relationship. I, I feel like they trust me. And when you tell somebody that you're valuable, you know. They're gonna treat you like you're valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. Every artist, and it's hard. It's so hard for people to look the world in the eye and be like, "I'm worth something," and you have to treat me accordingly. 
um, but the, the reality is once you do that, you know, there's one of two things that are going to happen. A person is going to say, okay, fine, mm -hmm. I will. And the other thing that could happen is they're going to say no. And then boom, you, you don't work with them. Mm -hmm. Don't work with someone who tells you they're not going to respect you. Right. And what, and you, it's up to you. It's up to you as an artist to decide what respect means. And if the respect has a dollar sign, if respect is, uh, you know, the, the way people speak to you, if respect is, you know, your title, like, it's up to you as a person right. to decide what respect looks like. Right. Yeah. One thing that we always talk about, like with, uh, you know, other freelance people I know, or even, even, you know, like creative, like artists and things I know who do a lot of commercial kind of work. One of the things we always talk about is like the three categories, which is like the money, the people and the project. And it's like, you're always trying to get all three. You're always trying to get great money, people you love to work with and a project you just that fucking resonates. can't wait to do. Yeah. But mostly what you end up having to settle for is two out of three. You know, if you can get great yeah. money and yeah. work with great people on a project, yeah. they just, you're, you're, it makes you almost fall asleep. Hey, it's worth it because you're going to work with these great people and make some great money. Or if it's a great project and great money and this guy's an asshole, maybe just right. do it because it's killer. It's you're gonna the bank's gonna be happy. You're gonna be happy as an artist, and yeah. you got to deal with this client who's a pain in the butt. You know, welcome to clients, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just always if you can get two out of three of those things, I think you're you're really doing well for yourself. You know, but all those things are about sort of the quality of your experience of doing it. You know, if if the if the work isn't enjoyable and engaging for you as an artist, if the people you're working with aren't a pleasure to be around, if the money it just doesn't make any sense. You know, those are all things that that should have you considering I'm bailing because there's something better to do. And like you said too, if you if you stand up and say, hey, I'm I'm worth something. This is this is important. You know, this if this thing is important, then I'm important. And if I'm important, then it's valuable. And if it's valuable, then you need to pay for it in whatever way or respect it in whatever way. It's not like if you don't have that discussion and you don't stand up for yourself, that that person who who doesn't like that, that person who says, oh, fuck you, then they were going to say, fuck you anyway. You know what I mean? You're just getting there quicker. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. exactly. It's really like. Mm -hmm. But there's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I think a lot of times there's people who, depending, you know, if you if you stand up for yourself, they might be like, oh, OK, well. Actually, the budget's four hundred dollars, you know, or whatever. But if you didn't do that, they might say, "Can you do it for a hundred? And if you say, "Sure, then you're doing it for a hundred, you know, and that's on you because that's the business part that you talked about. Right, Sorry, right, I keep exactly. talking. No, that's okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're passionate people. <laughs> Brian, show us some passion. What do you got to say? <laughs> I, I, while you were talking, you know what I was just thinking about um, was uh, no, it was actually related to what you were talking about. But what I was thinking about was just, how it's such a weird Stockholm syndrome kind of problem uh, that you have to sort of get past in your career in whatever avenue you're following. But it, even still, like when uh, like I have a project that I'm the last two projects that I've done where I'm like, well, what are you going to pay me to do this thing? And then they tell me and I'm like, oh, well, well all right, then like that sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. you almost feel bad when you uh, not bad, but like you realize how much you've been putting yourself through all this shit for so long to try to like sort <laughs> of get your psychology right about that sort of manifesting and being of value. And then when people just without any contest say, yes, we value what you do. We are choosing, <laughs> we are choosing you, you to do, do this thing yourself. and we're going to pay you very well or competitively for it in a way that you could find no fault or problem whatsoever. And ultimately, <laughs> if you had any other problem, it would be what? Creative freedom? Well, you have that too. So what else? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a, you almost feel displaced or uh, uh, unbored <laughs> when that happens. Like, What's going yeah. on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe unmoored, we all have that problem. I'm very grateful. Yeah. I'm very grateful. Be it doesn't happen all the time. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Chris, I want to turn the corner real quick, uh, but we're going to put sure. a little, we're going to do a little, uh, crumb of something, uh, from the chat here. We, we never, ever look at the chat cause I don't think people really use it. Uh, but somebody asked a question, uh, and I'm not on Twitter. Uh, I think this is, well, we're going live right now on YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, whatever, uh, Facebook, this is coming through the, the, the YouTubes, but, um, oh, that's cool. 
Uh, Thanks for a question. We appreciate that. We'd love more questions, y'all. Agreed. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I might not read this very well or understand it, but Chris, I think you will. It's for you. So um, the question or the comment basically says, uh, is it all right that I can't draw humans, but I plan in using or plan on using another subject to draw a.k.a a anthropomorphic animals. I don't plan, <laughs> I don't plan on working for a company. So I guess it's like, is, oh, that, is it I right that it. I can't draw humans, right? In this context. I have such an answer for you. I, so one of the projects that I'm working on now that once this book comes out and in September, the fine art of violence, volume one coming out, Chris Reaney productions. Once that's done, I will be illustrating a graphic novel. And while my novel will be populated by humans, I've been doing a ton of research about great comics and what makes them great. Uh, there's a wonderful YouTube channel called Strip Panel Naked by Hassan. Oh, man, this, this guy, Hassan, I cannot remember his last name. Forgive me. Anyway, he turned me on to this comic called Black Sad. One word, B-L-A-C-K-S-A-D. It is a noir series of stories following a, an anthropomorphic panther who is a you know, Humphrey Bogart-type character, uh, uh, you know, private investigator, detective. It is, it's mind-blowing how, how beautiful it is. It's drawn and watercolored. It is... It's the the head artist is a former Disney animator. He was the lead artist for the 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 villain, the um, tiger or the leopard in um, in the Tarzan movie. This is it's beautiful. I I was so blown away by it that I I bought a copy for the author who's who's uh, writing the graphic novel that I'm illustrating. I was like, buddy. I'm sending this to your house. You're going to get it. This is it. This is this is the tone. You know, before that, I, um, probably the best um, non-superhero um, comic that I had read was Berlin, which is a, you know, a very dark, um, stark, black and white comic about the the uh, Germany during the interim, the intervening years between World War One and World War Two. Um, yeah. But this was. This is just like storytelling on another level. Um, you know, the, the way they, you could, you could flip through this book and only look at the pictures and discern the story. And then you can read it with the text and see how there are like two different stories happening at the same time. It's just stunning stuff. Black Sad, uh, it is all anthropomorphic, humanoid bodies, animal um, heads, and occasionally, the their animal attributes uh, factor into their humanoid body attributes. That's and cool. I, I would say you can do anything uh, if if you are um, if 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 you can make your vision come to life. You don't have to play by anyone's rules. There's another woman. She's a, a Chinese artist. Uh, her name is Cheryl, and I believe her Twitter handle is Sci Sketch. Like. Cy sketch, and I am just in love with her work. She does zero people. She's a background artist, and she occasionally puts cute little bunnies, humanoid bunnies, and hamsters into her pieces. Her her backgrounds, her interiors are just these rich worlds that are that are transformative. Uh, they they look they're just jam packed with ideas and details. Yet they're simultaneously really warm and inviting. So my my answer is yes, you can do it. You you can do it, and you should do it. And uh, you know, I, if you have any more questions, I'd be happy to answer. Cool. Yeah, that's the only one we have uh, hanging out right now. So, uh, but it's cool though. It's, it's true though. Like we never we never ask for feedback or questions or anything. We're just like yeah. hanging out with people that we we don't know how to with. do this. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but but if you did notice, Chris, uh, you are episode number ninety nine, which I think is pretty cool. It's kind of that's symmetrical. A good number. And, yeah, it's a good yeah. number. Uh, and um, you know, 
We're, we're not quite sure what's happening for episode 100, which is next week, but we have some ideas and, uh, yeah. And, uh, if, if we can pull it off, uh, I think it'll be worthy of 100. We've been sort of talking about how, um, Joe and I were just talking the other day about how it's like, we've actually been doing this for a long time now. You know, it's, you have, you have, I've been following you guys for a long time. It's really, somebody told me that you got to do a podcast for a year before you can even figure out if you should be doing a podcast. Yeah. It's, I think it's funny. Oh, good, Brian. I was just going to say that's true and, and agree. And then, uh, then I was going to defer to you, Joe. <laughs> when we were, when Brian and I were talking the other day, it was just also the thing, you know, I was making the, the point that it's like, I feel like, you know, I, I, it, I wouldn't have wanted to do this if I didn't think we were actually going to do it, you know? And even though things like this can be difficult or, writing a book can be difficult or having a band can be difficult or whatever it is that people are doing, you know, at the end of the day, I just, it's just really important to me. Though the, the 100 number to me is important. The 90, 90, 99 number has to be there before that. But like having done this as long as we have is just intrinsically important, just in the sense that it's like, I, I would have felt like a, I, I wouldn't have felt good about myself if we started this new podcast and then, you know, eight episodes later, we're like, nah, it just kind of fell apart. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's yeah, what, that's what all the pod, that's what all the podcasts do. That's what happened to all the bloggers back in the day too. That's yeah. what happened to all the novelists, you know what I mean? And all these people who are going to do this thing or that like thing. like it is. Yeah. And, and I feel like, like a couple, go ahead. a couple white guys with a podcast, man, like the bar is high, man. You can't <laughs> be phoning it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I feel like we're, uh, I feel like we're, you know, I, I just, I feel good about the fact that we have, for what it's worth, we, we had a, a dumb idea and we stuck to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, is it, uh, cause I'm, unfortunately I'm gonna have to wrap it in about 10 minutes. Okay. Um, is it possible for you to share imagery on the podcast since you're on these video platforms? That's you, Brian. Uh, so... The answer is yes. We've only had uh, one uh, guest sort of uh, ask for that at some point. Um, the problem is, or the challenge is, and I know listeners don't really care about this, or maybe they do, like the, the what's behind the how do you get a podcast to be all right. video-like. Um, well, basically, we, I wanted this podcast to stand out at least a little bit, I mean, visually, without going to too much effort, obviously, but... You know, besides Joe looking like he's in Close Encounters, like with the yeah. with the blinds lines, like sort of going, like uh, <laughs> uh, right. You, look, you definitely look like you've been hunkering down in a pandemic for a while, Joe. Right? Like you're just like, uh, you know. But uh, <laughs> the light. <laughs> but uh, but the one thing I chose to do, uh, Chris, was to make it black and white, just because uh, for, you know, for some basic ease reasons number one every, mm -hmm. everybody's color temperature and white balance and camera situation is so different yeah i, I just wanted it to not feel exactly like like zoom and i wanted yeah. it you know, so i built you know some layouts and but i didn't want it to feel like we have a sports show or something yeah. either right yeah so of course i just want no, now it's like, more like the arts fight podcast yeah that's <laughs> okay so, so the black like early godard so the way that the way that the black and white thing works is it's essentially like a uh, kind of a filter overlay that happens over mm -hmm. anything that happens so yeah. that's why we can see each other on Skype in color, but the, what the people are seeing here is black and white. So the problem that's is right. if somebody wants to show art, they would send me the image. I would put it up and it would just show in black and white. So if it's Oh, just, I wouldn't care about that. Okay. It's, so uh, that would be the, the only real is, problem. I was wondering if you would, uh, you know, far, you know, forgive me for just basically inviting myself to a further episode, but if you would like to do a book preview, I would 100%. love to do that. I would love to just dedicate oh, one no. to that because we we have been quite a bit of, uh, uh topical stuff took, took over, you know? Yeah. So and when would that like, be? That would be like in about three, four weeks. Yeah, I'm going to go away on vacation with my family, and then uh, I'd like to just start getting on a promo tour in September. Yeah. Okay. Can we Sounds do like good. A, can we do sort of like a, uh, whatever the equivalent of like a, like what was that place that used to be in New York down, uh, like the meatpacking uh, yeah. district? Uh, the, what, yeah. What was it? Um, meatpacking uh, plant. Yeah, the meatpacking district. Yeah. But, but there was a place there. That, oh, the cooler. Yes, the cooler. Oh, I love that place. Right? Oh. 
Oh my God. Oh, top two clubs in the city. Yeah. Back to man. That was back when, Oh man, I saw like Hassan Hockmoon there and all kinds of crazy stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah. the cooler. So whatever that vibe is, I was just thinking for your release, you, me, Joe, get Josh on. We all have uh-huh. whiskey, hang out. And you guys just, and here's the thing is that since you're on Skype, effectively you should be able to just sort of like share your desktop and then you guys can oh just, really yeah so i can give you like half the screen or something and then you guys can mm-hmm. can go through it and then everybody that's listening right now can can be ready and, and join and and be excited about it too and we'll make sure that everybody uh pays yeah. you or gets the fuck out yeah right. hey that's how it goes everybody gets some shrooms goes. and you know what i'll tell you one thing one thing i do though though if people believe in my work, I try to do something for them. So everyone who has been a patron on my Patreon page, yeah. they're getting a free copy of the book already. They're, yeah. you know, I've, I've got a, like a digital copy and they're just going to get that in an email. I do. I don't believe that like, you know, you should wring every dollar out of people. I think that a lot of what I have to say has to do with institutions and individuals and the power dynamic between them. Mm. this is this is where i have issues mm. i got issues baby <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of your patreon why don't we you said you only had a few minutes left why don't we go ahead and, and let people know where to find you where to find your work and how they can follow along with your journey in these last few weeks before the book comes out okay uh, my patreon patreon.com slash chris reaney uh i'm on twitter every day <laughs> Rini MMA, R I N I M M A. And uh, honestly, those are the only two things I'm updating right now. Uh, uh-huh. I, I went a long time without updating my Patreon, and people stayed with me, and I'm so grateful to them. I started, mm-hmm. what I do is um, I publish on bloodyelbow.com Mondays and Wednesdays. The comic is called MMA Squared. It mm-hmm. is a satirical and humorous look at the. Uh, top stories of the day in mm-hmm. the MMA universe yeah. in the style of editorial cartoons. Yeah. Uh, recent, recently, someone... Uh, this is a better tweeted, description than I gave when I introduced the show. I've had two I've had two plus years to come up to figure out what it is I've been doing. And uh, props to Bloody Elbow for keeping me employed for that long, baby. I love it. Um, and then, uh, so I'm on Bloody Elbow, Monday and Wednesday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, MMA Squared comes out. I'm on Twitter like crazy. Um, but while the fights are happening, get on my Twitter, at MMA. I will be drawing the fights while they happen. And I usually make a thread and I string them all together. Yeah, and it fun. ranges from, like, artistic, you know, gestural drawings of the actual fight to occasionally, you know, making jokes about whatever's happening. So maybe the more ridiculous <laughs> it gets the sillier the stuff gets. And if there are great fights, you know, I'll just try and do the best drawing I can just to kind of add to the experience. You know, there's this funny thing where like fighting is a sport that is shared with your friends that you've never met online. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, I grew up in a baseball family. Everybody sits around the dinner table and kind of talks trash about who's fighting, who's playing. And, you know, MMA is born of the internet and all my friends, all my MMA friends are on the internet, you know, so I'll see you there. (laughs) Yeah. We'll occasionally get together groups to like watch fights, you know, like at, you know, somebody's house or whatever, but, but you know, most of the time, you know, my favorite, it depends too on what's going on. Like, you know, there's, for certain cards, I just don't want to like take over the television if my wife wants to see something else or something. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll just watch them on my phone, which mean which means I'm usually not going to go to the trouble to have my computer nearby to tweet at the same time or whatever I'm doing. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's hard. So, but it's fun when like last week when it was you know, such a big crazy card. I was like, I was like, we're gonna like we're gonna make dinner and then we're gonna watch the fights on TV. And then I was like tweeting, you know, and it was like I really love that aspect of just it's seeing like, what other people are talking about and other people like saying, What are you crazy? That's an eight that's a that's a ten eight round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, some people I'm sorry, like I I get paid to make jokes and draw cartoons. And thank God I can draw because there are some people out there that are way funnier than me. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I I actually like, especially if I'm like working on like oh, I got a deadline, I got to pump out something. The last thing I got I can do is like look at the comments. Yeah. Of, like Reddit or Twitter, I got to be real careful because 
you're going to see something and be like, oh, I didn't think of that. Or like, I might have made it there. You know, there's some really good people out there. I really enjoy them. For Um, sure. Well, hopefully uh, some of them are are watching now or uh, or watching later. And uh, MMA Twitter is... um, it's a very special place. It's a oh yeah. But, but oh, I'll yeah. tell you what though, I, I love the, the just all of the uh, the layers of the MMA fandom experience after you've been doing that a long time. Uh, it's a very rich uh, and sort of wonderful, abhorrent, uh, grotesque, <laughs> yeah. hilarious, uh, depressing. Uh, it's 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 all those things and and I, and I love it for that but uh we'll make sure all the links to everything are in the show notes but we'll let you get on out of here thanks for working it out chris that's uh, all right um My pleasure. if you want one more order. one more thing yeah man yeah i'll give you the uh if you would like the spaghetti with white clam sauce recipe oh yeah love it <laughs> number one one pound linguine if you want it the way i grew up <laughs> This the king of the noodles, by the way. I think linguine is the king of the noodles. Oh, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I won't even pretend to know the answer. But here's the thing. Cook it. Cook it as little as possible. Okay. Because it's going to soak up a lot of juice, and it's going to be like mush later. So cook it as little as possible. Follow the instructions on the, on the box for al dente. Uh-huh. Get like two cans of baby clams. Get them <laughs> from... Get them from two different companies. You want to mix. You want to mix, right? <laughs> okay. Set up a pan. Get generous with the garlic. Cut it real small. Watch Goodfellas and watch how Paulie cuts garlic. You cut garlic like that. You get a big chunk of big old, like maybe, I don't know, a third of a cup of parsley. Dice it. Dice it. The finer you dice it, the better it's going to taste. Brown up the garlic and the parsley in olive oil. Throw in the clams. And... Then in a separate pan, if you really want it to taste good, you go to a fish market, get a dozen real clams, a little mm. bit of water, heat those up until they start to open, and then toss them in with the, with the cans of clams. That's it. It's the simplest fucking food out there. It'll make you feel so good. And then the only garnish, crushed red pepper flakes. Mm, okay. And then just right. toss it with the noodles and it's lunchtime. That's it. I eat that for like two, three days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we've gotten everything from uh, anthropomorphic uh, drawing to uh, make how to make sure you get paid to, um, you know, you can combine real clams with the canned clams. Rini, Mama Rini's spaghetti different kinds. It's the combo. It's the combo. Yeah. That's it. You got to have it's them playing, the yeah, playing against each other a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, hey, man, uh, thanks a lot. We'll have you hang on for a second after we, we turn off the, uh, the Internet switch here. But uh, thanks, everybody, Perfect. for listening. Uh, and please... Uh, Make sure that you follow Chris. Uh, all the all the information is in the show notes, and you have no reason not to go find him. And it is uh, always a pleasure, man. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Joe, uh, you know, I see you every week, and I'm damn glad I do. Here I am. All right. All right. All right well, Thank you for uh, having me, guys. It's you, been a pleasure. You got it. All right. I'm going to turn off the, uh, the internet machine, and then we'll hang out here and, uh, you know, talk shit about people or whatever, and then we'll be done. You got okay. it. Okay. Hey, man. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you very much. And uh, thanks for the questions in the chat. We won't see you next that. week. See you next week for episode 100, everybody. Good Lord. All right. Episode 100. All right. We're doing it. All right. Peace out, everybody. Appreciate it. Take care.